0: Welcome back to the Queuing Up Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Damian Roach Jr. And today's topic, start things off immediately because, you know, it's just me. There's no guests. There's no point in just rambling on. Jump right into today's topic. We're going to talk about the next spoilers coming for uh, the next. uh, What am I looking for? Expansion? There we go. Lack of words. I'm not a professional. I can't think straight, apparently. And uh, so the next expansions for Magic the Gathering. And so the next one, I believe, is is it Modern Horizons? Yep. Modern Horizons 2. For some of you who don't know, Modern Horizons came out, I believe it was, yep. Wow, literally two years ago. So June 14th, 2019 was the first Modern Horizons. Two years later, Modern Horizons 2. So basically, what this is, is it's all commander, if I'm not mistaken. It's all commander stuff. For those of you who are unfamiliar with Commander, basically what it is is it's a game of a hundred cards you have one card that is a legendary creature and the way it works is, for example if the legendary creature has the color black in it all your cards have to be the color black because your commander is what tells you what colors to use and you can't have the same card more than once unless the card specifically says you can have as many copies as you want for example if you had a card like gorilla shaman which is just just a, thats the name. You can't have another card named Gorilla Shaman in your like deck of uh, ninety-nine, without it saying. Unless I should say, unless it says, you know, you can have as many as you want, right? So I'm gonna go over a couple cards. I'm not gonna go over all the spoiler cards. I'm just gonna go over a couple because it's very interesting. This is a topic I very much love, and if you like Magic: The Gathering, well, you're gonna love this. So the first card I want to go over is just—it just has a funny name. It's just called damn, literally D A M N. Not the like dam of a beaver, like damn, like I just screwed up. It's two black mana, so one black, you know, two black mana. Tap them, whatever. It's a sorcery, and what a sorcery is for some of you who don't know. Sorcery means you can only play it on your turn. Uh, Destroy target creature. A creature that is destroyed this way cannot be regenerated, which means it cannot come back for its overload cost, which is an alternative cost. So instead of paying the two, you can pay the overload cost, which is two generic mana which means any color of man, uh, any color mana plus two white mana so for a total of 4 you may cast this spell for its overload cost if you do change the text by change its text by replacing all instances of the word target to the word each so if we go back to the original statement which is or the original text which says destroy target creature it will now change it to destroy each creature a creature that destroyed this way cannot be regenerated Why this is such a good card is because one, it's two two mana to destroy a creature that cannot be regenerated. Two, it has an overload cost, which it could destroy everything on the board for a lot cheaper for four. And three, it's black and white. So it kind of like, you can play this in a black-white deck, which is nice because now you don't have to just be stuck to just the black color. You can actually have a black-white deck. You know, you can actually have different combinations of things going on which is really nice. A lot of people don't like really think or look into that. They're like, oh, what's dumb? I'm like, it's actually pretty good. The next card that we'll be talking about is called, I think it's Koldra. Koldra Complete. And it's spelled kind of differently for complete. It's C-O-M-P-L-E-A-T. doesn't really matter why. I just wanted to spell it out for you because it's weird. They spell things weird here. And it's an artifact. Basically what an artifact is, it's not a creature. It's just an artifact. You put it on the field. It costs seven generic mana of any color. Uh, living Weapon. What Living Weapon means is as soon as you cast it, it creates a 0 creature that has no toughness, no like attack. And then you attach it to it. So it has Indestructible, which means the only way you can destroy this thing is by exiling it. Equipped Creature, which would be that 0 token, has a 5-5, has First Strike, Trample, Indestructible, Haste, and whenever this creature deals combat damage to a creature, exile that creature. That is disgusting i feel like that itself would be it also has an equip cost of seven which is very high but you know if you're playing cards like Sea aid which gives you like uh any uh weapon that comes into the battlefield immediately gets attached to anything that you own as a creature and has flash which means you can cast it whenever whether it's your turn your opponent's turn no matter where it is when it is you can play it another thing i guess too is if you're playing like, say, uh, Danitha, which makes equipment costs, cost one less. Fervent Champion, which if it's if this thing is targeting Fervent Champion, it costs three less to actually attach to him. So instead of costing seven, it costs four. But if you had Danitha on the field, it would cost three. But if you had Seaguard as aid, it just immediately goes to it. So, you know, it's just very cool. Very cool. The next card that we're going to be talking about, moving straight on, these are all out of order and out of color because I'm just going off the cards that I like want to talk about. Uh, Sterling Grove. It is an enchantment, one green, one white. I believe that's Celestinia. Uh, other enchantments you control have Shroud, which means they cannot be targets of spells or abilities by you or your opponents. For one generic mana, you sacrifice it, search your library for an enchantment card, to reveal it, they put, it on the, put that card on top. That's actually really nice. The only bad part I can see about it is like if your opponents physically see you searching your library for something, they could just have you grab it and put it at the bottom or have you what's called milling, which makes it go to your graveyard, which means you can't use it. And if you're playing green, white, I don't. Well, yeah, there's a lot, actually, if I'm saying there's a lot more things to bring back stuff to it. If that makes sense. So the next thing. Uh, it's called. I don't know how to say this. Nevinreels? Nevenrails, rails However you say that, it's a disc. So it's a disc of whoever Nevinrail is because I'm not that in-depth of the lore. And, you know, yeah. So basically what this does is uh, it enters the battlefield tapped, which means you can't activate it yet. You have to wait one full rotation. For one generic mana, and you tap it, you destroy all artifacts, creatures, and enchantments. You basically board wipe for one mana. You just keep doing it. This is both good and bad because if you have it on the field, you can easily just like get rid of any threat to you, whether it be an enchantment that does damage or gets rid of creatures, a creature that's hurting you, or an artifact that's making a creature stronger like the one I previously said, which makes everything a 5-5. Five five. The only drawback is it also destroys your stuff. So if you're also running with things and you have like say four or five creatures they have a lot more it is nice for you to get rid of it but you're going to lose a lot more too and all depends on who you're playing and everything also next is solitary confinement this is an enchantment for one white mana two generic at the beginning of your upkeep sacrifice solitary confinement unless you discard a card skip your draw step you have shroud which means you cannot be the target of spells or abilities by anybody or anything You prevent all damage that would be dealt to you. Given you don't get to draw cards on your draw step, which is at the beginning of your turn, you draw a card. You can't do that anymore. But it comes with the benefit of you can't be targeted by anything and you can't be hurt. So in a sense, you keep playing this. I would play this if you have some kind of draw engine. So if you just have white, it wouldn't be that good. But if it's like white green would be good, white blue would be good, white red, kind of Boros, which isn't the best, but it'd be it just don't play mono white, I would say, with this, in my opinion, because there's not a lot of draw in that. Like you're going to be discarding a card every single time. I think white black actually would be very good because if you had uh, an enchantment called Necropotence, which is three black, you basically skip your draw step and you pay life for how many cards you want to draw so for each life so if you pay one you draw a card and you know you pay two you draw two cards you know it's very i think it's exponential is what i'm saying it just keeps going however much you want to go for and you just basically play the cards given you have a maximum hand size of seven so if it's the end of your turn and you have more than seven cards you have to get rid of cards until you have seven in hand unless it's on someone else's turn so if you were to activate necropotence on say rob's turn At the beginning of his turn, I did it five times. I have five extra cards. I now have 12 cards. I do not have to get rid of those cards until the very end of my turn. So overall, it's kind of a very interesting card, in my opinion. But like I said, if you don't have a very decent draw engine, you're not going to be using this that much, in my opinion. On to the next card, Solitude. It is a five drop, two white, three generic mana. It is a elemental incarnation. It's a creature. It has flash, which, once again, if you didn't hear the flash thing I said earlier, it can be played at any point throughout the game on anybody's turn. Uh, Lifelink, which means whenever it deals damage, you gain life equal to the amount of damage it dealt. So if it does three damage, you gain three life, you know. Uh, When Solitude enters the battlefield, exile up to one target creature. That creature's controller gains life equal to its power. Invoke. Exile a white card from your hand. So what invoke is is basically you can exile a white card from your hand which means it's out of the game forever you can no longer bring it back you can pay that rather than pay the five the only issue with that is is once it hits the battlefield it gets i think it just gets destroyed or like it goes to your graveyard which it isn't that bad if you have some kind of way of bringing it back so i'm assuming like there's gonna be some cards that are like, oh, it's a white card that you can bring back, you know, stuff like that. And it's like, oh, okay. And I know they do have white cards that bring back uh creatures, but they're not the best. I think it's more enchantments and artifacts they bring back. But if I'm not mistaken. It's evoke, not invoke, my bad. Um yep, it's sacrificed as soon as it hits the battlefield. So it would just hit, so literally the thing that says when it enters the battlefield, it'll just do that and then it'll go away. You can't attack with it, you can't block with it, it just gets sacrificed. But if you're playing with something like this, it's easily just because you wanna exile things. So very simple. Nothing uh, Nothing too, I was gonna say generic, nothing too out of the ordinary, I would say. Uh, next, this one actually was kinda interesting to me. I don't know why. But uh, here it is. It's called Urban Dagger Tooth. It is a four-drop green card. I'm not really... I should have said what these other... Oh no, I said what the other ones are, yeah. So it's two generic, two green mana. So four all together, it's a four-drop. It's a dinosaur with vigilance, which means when you attack, you don't have to tap it, which tapping means you just take the card and tilt it, literally, or like twist it 45 degrees. You rotate it. There you go. You rotate it 45 degrees. Uh, with vigilance, that means if you attack, you can defend. Whereas other cards without vigilance, you can either attack or... Or defend, usually. Has an ability called Enrage. Whenever Urban Dagger Tooth is dealt damage, proliferate, which proliferate means anything that has a counter. For example, if there's a creature that has a 1-1 one, one counter on it, you can proliferate it to give it another 1-1 one, one counter. So if you had a creature that was a 1-1, one, one, one attack, one defense, and had a counter on it, it'd be a 2-2. Two, two. But now it's a 3-3 because of this thing. Next up, we have... Oh, that's a different language. That's why I couldn't read that. <laughs> uh upheaval it's a sorcery it is a six drop two blue for generic mana so that means any color return all permanents to their owner's hands which means everybody if you have any permanent at all which i don't see this card being played very much because it looks like it's just going to restart the game in a sense where you have the same life total but now you have to redo all the things you just did like you have to play it because you can only play one land per turn so it's gonna be like, well, here we are. So overall, not a good card. Like it's good, but it's if you don't have cards that let you play additional lands like Exploration, Dryad uh, Dry Out of the Losing Grove, Azusa. I know there's more, but those are only really three I could think of right now off the top of my head. It's just basically you're not, it's gonna take a long time to get back to where you need to go. And it's just I don't know. It's just not a good card, in my opinion. Like it's good, but it's just if you really are getting attacked, at the most, like and at the most, at the like worst time you could think of, it's not gonna be good, in my opinion. Just, I don't know. I don't see it being good. It doesn't seem good. It's just, I guess, it's just weird. I don't know. So the next two cards, one, it's called me, Mi- Mirari's. I think Mirari is how you spell because it. M-I-R-A-R-I, apostrophe S, yes. Mirari's Wake. It's a 5-drop, 1 green, 1 white, 3 of any color. It's an enchantment. Creatures you control get 1-1, one, one, which they makes them stronger. We add 1 to attack, 1 to uh, toughness. And whenever you tap a land for mana, add 1 mana of any color that land produced. So, hold on, let me Whenever you tap a land for mana, so you tap it to get green. So if you had a forest and you tap it, you get a green mana, which is 1. Add one man of any type that land produced. So it's a doubler. This is a mana doubler. So if I tap green, I get two green. I tap blue, it's two blue. Okay, that's not bad. It's five. That's. I think it's not. It's not bad for five. A mana doubler for five. It's a lot cheaper than some mana doublers. Like I believe mana reflection is. I going to say like six. Yeah, mana reflection is a six drop. Whereas this is a five drop sure it's one less but it's cheaper but it's green white which actually kind of like opens it to like more i guess so you can actually like if you have a legend if your commander which is a legendary creature whatever colors it is so if you had a green white one you can add this and mirror or a man reflection so you have like two that double the next one is a legendary creature so this can be your commander because he's a legendary creature his name is Pyru the Volatile. He is a very hefty cost of six, eight. Two black, two white, two red, two of any color. So, red, white, black is what is called Mardu. So, it's uh, two red, two white, two black, and two. So, it's eight altogether. He's an Elder Dragon, a 7 7 with flying and lifelink. At the beginning of your upkeep, sacrifice him unless you pay one Mardu cost, which is red, white, black. When Pyru dies, it deals seven damage to each non-legendary creature. So this is potentially like a board wipe. So if he comes in and you're like, okay, it's my upkeep. And I don't have the mana for him. I could just sacrifice him. And it would just it would board wipe a lot of things. But at the same time, it's. Each non legendary creature. It's not each creature your opponent's control. He's just kind of there, like killing everything. But I feel like as a commander that he wouldn't be too bad. But at the same time, I don't think he'd be too good. I don't see him being the commander. I can see him being like a part of the dragon tribal deck. Which a tribal deck is a lot of your cards in your like ninety nine because I'm taking one off because it's a hundred cards altogether. But I'm taking one off because you're commander. If your commander's a dragon or has something to do with dragons, the rest of your cards are going to do with dragons, or at least a majority of them are going to deal with dragons. So I can feel him, like, I can see him being in the 99 as to being the commander only because you're going to sacrifice him. He's now going to be 8 or 10, and he's going to do another 7 damage. It's like, ooh, whoop de doo but it's like you're, I don't know. I feel like he's going to be, like, in a sacrifice deck that just brings things back, and you just do things. Like, it's not bad. It's very good. Uh, That's pretty interesting. Greed. I think this has already been made. I think this might be a re uh, a reprint. Which it's a black enchantment, one black and three of any color, so a four drop altogether. You pay one black and you pay two life. You draw a card. Which it's not bad because you have forty life, so losing two is not that big of a deal. But you know, over time, it's gonna get a lot worse. I don't believe there's any other ones that I was really looking at that really caught my eye. But overall, I was like, "Oh, this is pretty interesting, you know. But uh, I'm very excited for a lot of cards that are coming our way because there's a lot of things that I want to really talk about. And it's just the amount of things that are coming make me excited because there's a lot of different cards that are on its way to making it's just every I don't know how to explain. every expansion is going to make the game more interesting, more fun. It's just going to be a whole new like set of rules because certain cards act a certain way with different things. It's just, yeah. So we're going to move on to the next expansion, which comes out uh, July 16th, 2021. It's called Adventures in the Forgotten Realms, which, if I'm not mistaken, I think this is the new... uh, Because each year it comes out with what's called a core set. So last year was core set 20... One, Yeah, or this, was it this year? Was Corset 2021? I think Corset 2021 was last year. Yep, it was last year in July. So this year, it's a Dungeons & Dragon crossover, and it's called Adventure into the Forgotten Realms. Now, there's a certain thing that is in here that has caught my eye that I will get to eventually. But this is why I think that previous dragon would be good in a Dragon Tribal deck, because there is a creature here who costs 7 he is one of every color. He has to cost one green, one red, one black, one blue, one white, and two of any color. Seven. His name is Tiamat? Tiamat? Because it's T I A, which is Tia, M A T, Matt, or Tiamat. I think it's Tiamat. That sounds like a, a creature that sounds more like it's Dungeon Dragon. Tiamat. It is a dragon god, legendary creature, can be your commander. Seven, seven, flying. When it enters the battlefield, if you cast it, Search your library for up to five dragon cards not named Tiamon that each have different names. Reveal them, put them into your hand, then shuffle. So, yeah, you get five creatures and, you know, five dragon cards. But I guess it all depends on what it is because, like, your very next turn because I'm like, I can only see this being, like, this is your one creature that's doing something. Like, it. that's your turn. It's just this i think on that well there's ways to like cheat it out which if the the way it's called cheating out is like creatures that say it costs one less it costs two less you can summon this creature in stuff like that it's very easy and i could see creatures like there's one that i think it's called. It's a hell call i think it's Hellkite tyrant when it enters the battlefield you can use your commander for this that one turn which if that's the case it's going to be very easy for you to like Bring him in, grab your five cards, and now he costs nine. But within that time, you have other dragons that came out. Moving on to the next one, this one's kind of interesting. It is it called a planeswalker? What a planeswalker is is acts almost as like another player. They don't have toughness or uh, power. They only have what's called loyalty counters, which count as their health per se. So, for example, I think this is this thing's name is Lolth, Loth the Spider Queen has a loyalty of 4, which means it only has technically 4 health. So if you hit it if you hit it with something that has 4 damage or 4 power, it dies. Uh, whenever a creature... Oh, it's a 5 drop. 2 black, 3 of any color. Whenever a creature you control dies, put a loyalty counter on Loth Spider Queen, which every time a creature you control dies, it would go up 1 for each single thing. So its health would go up by 1. Uh, it's 0 ability, which means it doesn't gain any defense. It doesn't lose any defense or health. You draw a card and you lose one life. Very good. Negative three. You create two one black spider creature tokens with menace and reach. What menace means is if that one creature attacks, you have to block it with two in order to block it. Reach is just something that is used to block flyers if you don't have a creature with flying. It's negative eight, which is it's a, like its ultimate. So once this thing has an ultimate, you get an emblem with whenever an opponent is dealt combat damage by one or more creatures that you control, if that player lost... Less than 8 health this turn. You lose life equal to the difference. Why would I want that? Hold on. Am I just misreading this? Let me make this bigger. You get an emblem with whenever an opponent is dealt damage, combat damage by one or more creatures you control. That player lost less than 8 life this turn. You lose life equal to the difference. I must be missing something here. I feel like, because I know like Villis, However much health you lose, that's how many cards you draw. So maybe that's one of the things I know will be in there. This is overall a very interesting card like to have. It just sounds weird. But uh, yeah, I guess there's. it hasn't come out yet. It's just like, you know, this is the preview card, so maybe I'm missing something. Or this is the spoiler, so maybe I'm missing a card that doesn't that may make more sense with this. But uh yeah. The, uh, the thing I'm excited about most, the one I was talking about earlier, is a brand new uh, artifact, which it sounds very, very interesting to me. So it is a one-drop artifact, and it costs two to equip. The only thing is, it's not like a lot of artifacts where it's generic mana or colorless mana. It is black. So you need one black mana, so it's a one-drop, and you need two black mana to equip. So three mana all together to like, play it and equip it. Equip creature, gets plus 2, plus 0, and has a Death Touch. So if you have a 1-1, one, one, it now becomes a 3-1 with Death Touch. And what Death Touch is, is you need one damage to go through and it kills whatever it is unless it has Indestructible. So for example, if you had a 5-5 five, five, and I attacked you with my 3-1 that has Death Touch, it's going to do three damage. But because, yeah, but because it has done one damage, your creature dies and my creature dies. It's just how Death Touch works. Now... That's not what makes this thing amazing. What makes this thing amazing is it has an activated ability, which costs, I believe it's eight. Yes, it costs eight. Three black mana and five generic mana. Until the end of turn, Vorpal Sword gains. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, that player loses the game. Which means during your combat step, if your little 3-1 hit your uh, opponent for three damage or just did any damage to it, You just outright beat that person. That person just loses the game. It's absolutely crazy to me to think that that is a thing. Because if it's playing in a black green deck, you can just use the one thing that uh, doubles your mana. Uh, That's black white. But if you did, that's a green white. But if you did um, the two creatures, which one of them, his name is. Nyx Bloom Ancient, which he triples all mana. So if you were to tap a permanent and it produces mana, it it triples it. So artifacts that tap and make mana, creatures that tap and make mana, lands that tap and make mana are all tripled. So one black mana equals three. And you just tap two more lands. Boom, there's six. You have one mana left over. You can now activate this thing and hit whoever, whenever, because you want to. And if you do combat damage, that player loses the game. And if you have creatures like Morag or Morog, I think his name is, uh, is it Fear of a Coombe? Whatever his name is. He's a newer creature that came out and basically what his ability is, is it's called Landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield, you gain another combat step. So that means you can have these things, like, you know, attack again. Instead of having one combat step, you get multiple. And overall, it's just, it's going to be a crazy year, I think, so far. And this is only the, the next two coming out. It's It just surprises me so much, like, looking at these things, talking about these things. But yeah, this is a little bit of a lengthier episode because it's just so cool. There's so much cool stuff coming within the next month, this month, next month, the next four months. But, uh, yeah, that was a quick rundown of a lot of the spoilers I saw that I wanted to talk about personally. And then, more than likely, Rob will come here eventually, and we'll talk more about it. But at the end of the day, I'm just thoroughly excited for these cards because it's going to make Commander so much more interesting and just so much fun, in my opinion, just so much fun. But uh, yeah, as always, I uh, will see you in the lobby the next time you decide to queue up.